Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we look into how innovation in FSC can help save our forest. We all know that forests will play a key role in combating climate change and the biodiversity crisis that we're facing. In this series, we explore how innovation, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly, can help us protect our forests and support the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. In this episode, we return back to one of our most popular topics. This will be the third update on our blockchain application because the first pilot with certified companies have now been concluded. Before we dive into the discussion, if you haven't heard about the FSC blockchain before, I advise you to pause here and go back to episode four and episode 19, where we dive deep into the background of the blockchain and what we're testing. Because in this episode, we will go straight into the questions of what we've learned in the live test and what the next steps are. Once again, I asked our CIO, Michael Maroos, to join me online. And this time I also invited Julie Smith, who's part of the blockchain team in FSC. So with no further ado, let's go straight to my conversation with them. Hi, Michael and Julie, and welcome to the podcast. This is the third podcast that we're doing on the FSC blockchain pilot. And Julie, this is the very first time that we have you on Forest for the Future. Welcome. Thank you, La. It's indeed my first time and I'm delighted to be invited. Can we just start with you giving us a one minute rundown of this pilot? What is it that we're testing? So our pilots are testing three things in the first phase. The technology itself, both from a usability perspective, but also in terms of whether the functions and features are working as we'd expect. We're also very importantly testing the data standardization. So we know that our certificate holders, license holders, are required to provide certain types of data as part of their certification status. And testing that data through a limited set of information is really important to us. Can they gather it? Is it easy for them to gather? And can they easily put it into the system? And we're also looking for stakeholder feedback. So giving our license holders an opportunity at this early stage in our development to influence essential features that they might find helpful in the future. Can you give us a bit more background on the pilot? Like how long have it been running? How many companies participated? Did they volunteer? Those kind of things? Yeah, we began the pilots in October of 2021, reaching out to supply chains in China and Ukraine. And we were delighted by the response because everybody that was approached wanted to participate voluntarily. Everybody expressed an interest. It took in some state forests within Ukraine, as well as certified supply chains. And we had a participation number of 21, of which the majority took part and submitted data. Michael, why did we choose Ukraine and China? Hi, Loa. Well, we chose China and Ukraine because we know quite a bit about the supply chains in those regions. Because of our supply chain investigations, we decided to go with what we knew already. And we had some criteria on short supply chains so that we could actually handle helping those companies come on board and submit their data. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it's been important that they're quite simple supply chains as we start. Julie, the, the pilot has now been concluded. Can you give us an update on where we are now? The pilot is closed. We've had over 20,000 entries of data into the blockchain system. And we've been able to establish that the technology largely is working. There are some 
areas of usability that our testers discovered that we'll be addressing. But importantly, we were able to establish that the standardized data that we needed, which is 11 elements of data, were all available to those that took part and they were able to upload them. And as a result, we were able to demonstrate a basic standard of compliance based on the certificate validity and scope. Can you give a couple of examples of those 11 elements of data so it becomes a bit more tangible what it is that we're talking about? Yes, yeah, so we ask the participants to input who their trading partners are, identifying their license codes and their subsite codes. We ask them to put in the volume that they're trading and the type of trades under the FSC scheme, so whether that be FSC 100% or mixed. We ask them for dates in standardised and controlled list format so that we can ensure that anything that is put in as a traded by their trading partner exactly matches. And how does that actually work? How do they input data? They go to a website and input, or how does it work? So we have a couple of ways in which the pilot testers can put the data in. They're able to visit the UI, which is a website, and put in information on an individual basis, or they can download a spreadsheet and upload data through uploading a spreadsheet. And what then happens after that? Now they've uploaded, what is the next step then? So with the FSC blockchain, once we have the data, we're able to do some basic compliance checks, which is a real benefit to the license holders we learn in the pilot because they're able for the first time almost in near real time see that when their traded goods have been input to the system, that the trading partner had a valid scope and a valid certificate at that point. They're able to track that in terms of whether or not there was an error and whether or not that has been corrected. Michael, did the pilot teach us what we were expecting to learn? Absolutely, it did. Julie outlined the three areas that we were targeting in terms of goals of what to really gain in terms of learning from the pilot. So assessing the technology, Julie mentioned participants in the pilots could enter the data manually, upload a bulk of transactions through a spreadsheet. None of them took advantage of a third way, which is through an API, which basically allows companies to plug their own information systems into the FSC blockchain to allow for automatic posting of transaction information. I think the reason behind that was companies said for a pilot, we're not going to really invest a lot in changing our own information systems, which I guess is natural, but it was there and available. So that assessment of the technology, I think was very good. Clearly we got feedback and learned that on the usability side, there were some improvements that could be made, but overall it was good feedback on how accessible the platform was, how responsive it was. And some of those transactions that were input were in the thousands in one batch. So we know that the platform can also perform with bulk of data. In terms of standardization, I think that we learned exactly what we were trying to learn from, you know, our companies able to get in transaction data that is highly standardized, or at least what we would call compatible. If it's not compatible, we can't match transactions across the supply chain. Companies are already maintaining materials accounting records as part of our standards. So can they standardize those and easily input them into the blockchain? We did find that some of them had a few issues and had a few bottlenecks, but they were easily overcome once it was understood how much standardization really meant. You know, use our standard list, have a date format that is unique. One of the most important 
things is trying to understand what would be indispensable for companies who are putting in transaction data into the FSC blockchain. And it came out from the very beginning of the pilot that if you're going to be able to connect supply chains from source to end product, legality documentation and some type of representation of the legality of the materials would be paramount for companies that are trading across borders, where especially they need to show documentation on the legality of what they're trading. So that was a clear learning how important that really is and what it really means, or at least we're starting to understand what that means for companies through the pilots. So it sounds like companies has asked for more usability and legality. Is there any other recommendations or learnings that we've had where Companies have said, you need to adjust here so that it works better for me. There was at the very beginning of the pilots, which like Julie said, the data collection part of the pilot started in October, but we started in May talking to the companies in those regions that we mentioned. And one of the very first inputs was we really want to know something about the weight of the materials because the weight says a lot. And the discussion came, what does the weight mean if you have different states of wood materials in different parts of the supply chain? But in any case, it was another distinctive factor and not just the volume that we record, but the actual weight of the materials. So that was one thing that we did cater for in the pilots. And we think that going forward in the future is something that can be important and essential for companies to have. Is weight a mandatory field? Because a lot of certified companies don't weigh the products that they have come into their company. No, it, it was not mandatory in our pilots. In the future, we need to see how valuable that can be. I think that maybe at certain parts of the supply chain, it would be more readily available and significant as a piece of data. It was optional and it was not part of the mandatory data that allows us to understand what type of consensus or agreement or matching can come out of two transactions that are being scrutinized. Now you said something that actually makes me have another follow-up question because you twice mentioned matching. I thought that a blockchain was one company putting information in a ledger and pushing that information forward. It sounds like we are matching two different uploads to each other. Is that correct? We are. It's what blockchain as a software offers at its core. It's called a consensus mechanism. That consensus mechanism for FSC blockchain depends on a few things. It depends on two companies having transactions that agree with each other. So one company saying that it has sold a certain amount of materials of a certain type to another company, and that other company who is receiving it claims basically the same things that it purchases from the company and that the amounts and the dates and the sales identification all match. However, that's not the only thing. We also look at certification information to understand the scope of the certificates that are being claimed to trade materials. Are they trading materials and species that are in the scopes of their certificates? And were their certificates valid at the time of trade? So we have a, a matching engine that looks at all of those aspects to come out with a verified result of the transaction. And how long does that take? How often does a company have to upload 
for that whole thing to work? I think it's something that will be constant learning of how supply chains work. Once a company has ensured that it actually sold and the other company has received materials, the transaction should be put into the FSC blockchain so that the matching can happen. Okay, so it sounds like it has to be fairly close to the actual time of the trade. Exactly. Or at least of the documentation. It, it okay. should be in the best case scenario, yes. So we concluded the first pilot. Are there any surprises that we have to adjust for? What are the next steps? Can you just give us a bit of a glimpse into where we'll go from here? I think that there weren't necessarily surprises, except for that really companies were keen to look at what this type of of technology can offer them. And that was a constant throughout the pilots. Surprises or things that we know we need to cater for in the next steps are trying to have some type of materials accounting record available for companies so that it's not just the transactions that are matched, but there is what you could consider the, the bank account of wood materials that a company is holding at any given time. That would allow companies to really understand more about their transactions and also have a tool that they could use to demonstrate to their auditor or to others that they need to demonstrate what is their current FSC materials accounting on hand. I think that the other things that really emerged from the pilots are we need to shape our blockchain technology to cater for a few special cases of license holders. The license holders who are at the forest side of the supply chain are the ones that have the main inputs on things like species. So species data is really born at that side of the supply chain. All others who are connected to those forests and to those sources should be able to just benefit from that data already being input by those who have a lot of knowledge on species. So it wouldn't be a lot of double inputting across the supply chain. But that also is the case for the company that makes the final labeled product. The final labeled product has a few aspects that could cater for better knowledge of FSC certified products through labeling and barcoding. And so there may be some important special types of data that we could attach onto the blockchain that could help companies bring their products into market to be known as FSC certified. Catering for those are important. The other thing that we learned, then we designed our pilots to be these short supply chains that we could individually work with those companies to onboard them. I think that the onboarding itself needs to now be built out so that it could be done naturally by companies coming on board and inviting their suppliers to also join without some type of handholding or manual intervention from FSC. There could be a, a process that could be kicked off that would allow that to happen. Our next steps are to continue the pilots with our current blockchain. We have very good uptake in Ukraine and China, very much willingness to continue inputting data. The real value out of this type of technology is the data and analytics that can tell not only the FSC how compliant materials are that are being handled, but it can also tell the certified companies. Are my suppliers matching everything? Are they also fully compliant with FSC standards? Can I get more information? Can we get 
good indications on what kind of legality documentation we'll need. So that all really would come from building the type of analytics that can support not only the FSC system and assurance, but also the certified companies themselves. So that's one part is to continue our pilots. We'd like to expand beyond the two supply chains that we did in our pilots and possibly have three or four. But at the same time, we need to build our blockchain technology so that it caters for the source materials or the final labeling of materials or even the onboarding process. So while we're continuing our pilots, we'll plan development of what I would call a phase three version of our blockchain that would allow for broader onboarding, much more targeted functionality to give more value back to companies, but also prepare to build in those analytics that really make the platform quite uh, useful. Two follow-up questions for that, Michael. The first one is probably the easier one. Can you give us any idea of timeframes? When are we expecting for this to go to scale? And and the second one, every time you say Ukraine, I can't help but think, how can we do blockchain or even the FSC in Ukraine at the moment, a country that's under invasion? Could you give us any kind of insights to those two things? So on the first, what we're aiming for is to have a technology platform, FSC blockchain, that comes out of our beta version with those functionalities that I mentioned before, that would be something that could scale much better in 2023. I can't give a precise month, but those are our aims, to really in 2023 be the year of expanding this type of compliance tool, but also value tool for certified companies and, and making it possible to, to scale. On the second question, we've worked with our colleagues in FSC Ukraine for the past nine months on really making this possible. Clearly the current situation is devastating and it, it seems impossible. We are in constant contact with those colleagues who even continue to, to discuss with us our, our plans for next steps. We know that certified companies and forest owners are eager to continue and to maintain their access to markets. So we will do our best to cater for any special cases that, that arise from this situation. We will continue to aim to have Ukraine as a part of this. We clearly watch the situation to see if, if is it reasonable to, to do, but our hopes continue to be that it will be reasonable to do. I guess our support is more needed than ever. Julie, the Ukrainian companies want to stay on the blockchain, which I understand why, but we also have a lot of companies around the world who are very eager to join this blockchain and are constantly asking us, how can we join? When can we join? What is our reply? Do we have any yet? So you're right though, we do hear a lot from uh, interested parties, both from our license holders, researchers, and other stakeholders interested in information that we can abstain from blockchain. At the moment, as Michael outlined previously, the blockchain pilots are very much by invitation, if you like, for certain supply chains. But for those who want to register an interest or find out more, then you can contact us on digitalinputs.fsc.org, where we are answering questions and also providing access to other resources like the previous podcast to keep people updated. Okay, so they can show interest right now, but we aren't inviting more people in for the time being. At this point, we're not asking people to contact us to join the pilots. We are reaching out and inviting people 
we're selecting supply chains as we identified earlier that meet the criteria for the beta pilots that we're running. Actually, one thing came to my mind because we are reaching out to companies and inviting them to join in. What happens in the case where one player in the supply chain does not want to join in? For example, if I have a company and my supplier don't want to join in, will the blockchain work then? The blockchain will work. We have an idea in the world that if you don't have a complete data set, then it's just not useful. Actually, having the anomalies, having those who don't participate or don't input their matching side of transactions, it, it only provides something that gives a consistent data hole, but also is something that doesn't tarnish the value of others putting their data in. So I'm not too worried about companies not wanting to put their data. In fact, we even had a few data points that were those voids in our pilots, but it didn't stop us from understanding where the data actually could tell us something of significance. So I'm not too concerned about that. I also think in the end, companies will want to, and I'm talking about it on all sides and all tiers of supply chains. It's not just retail companies that speak directly to their customers who are insisting that they show that what they're purchasing is part of a sustainable supply chain. It's also forest managers who really don't want to lose access to markets because of a fear of what may happen in the middle of a supply chain. So I think that there will be momentum for companies to really find value of plugging in their materials accounting, which they already have to maintain as part of certification, plugging that in to the FSC blockchain and participating. A lot of companies are really eager to know a lot more. Do you think that we will be able to tell at some point in the near future more details about how this will all evolve? whether they will be required to join the blockchain, all of these sorts of questions. I'm assuming that there's a strong call for more clarity from certificate holders. There has been a, a strong call from many stakeholders. We've had members as well as certified companies all over the world giving us indications that they'd like to know really in detail what these pilots have done, what does it really mean for the FSC system? And there have been suggestions to run a public webinar since we've completed our pilots and are ramping up to take those learnings to a new level to, to have a public webinar. And I think that's a very good idea that we should do in the next few months to open up to what does this really mean for the FSC system? I think it can mean a lot. This type of technology offers a lot of barrier breaking tools and, and things that information technology has never been able to offer. It also offers something that's not just an investigative tool of FSC trying to look where there were reported problems and try to verify that if the problems had existed or not in the past. It offers something that's more real time about are the materials I'm handling at any given time compliant? Have they been verified down to the source? I think it's a great idea to have a public webinar where we can, you know, show what the FSC blockchain beta and the pilots produced, what learnings, what does that mean? I think it, it fits the bill of both one side of the coin, FSC needing to have very systematic ways of checking compliance, and we do this already with other types of technologies. We can ask companies to submit wood samples so that we can run wood identification testing on those samples. This is yet another tool that with 
a systematic approach to getting it out can be quite meaningful for the supply chains and the companies and the overall FSC system. So you now mentioned wood samples, you previously mentioned volume data and having your whole materials accounting. If you think into the next couple of years, what do you hope to evolve the whole blockchain into? Like, How will it link to other FSC systems? Do you envision it as the core center of everything that we have in terms of digital? Or? I think that this is an important pillar. This data, even you know, when we run investigations, this data says a lot. It generally tells us that many companies are doing the right thing and a few are causing problems in supply chains or trying to cheat the system. This is not what this is about. This is about really trying to show compliance and shore up across supply chains to bring value also to certified companies. So if I look at that data capability alongside our wood identification technology or GIS work, all of these together form the basis of a very strong way to show integrity of the FSC system. And it also helps us understand where we can improve, where we can understand where the real problems are so that there can be change and positive change in the system. This is what all of these types of data can do in the FSC system in terms of really progress that can be timely, but also significant through real numbers and data analysis. Do you see them working together seamlessly or do you still see them as separate entities? I think that they can easily work seamlessly because they have a direct uh, linkage or uniqueness that bind them together naturally. It's the transactions, it's the materials, it's the products that are being produced. And if you tie that into wood identification, you're looking at really those same basic aspects, the company, the materials, and what products they're producing. What about then all of the companies out there because we have a lot of those that have their own systems, their own blockchains, who are testing other kinds of setups. Are yeah. we thinking that they would have to have multiple systems? Depending on the company's size and their IT investment, I'm sure many already do have their own materials accounting systems as well as supplier-based systems. Our goal here is to not fundamentally change or require companies to re-engineer their IT infrastructure. In fact, when I mentioned before that we had offered an API, especially companies that do have existing IT systems, having them crosswalk and uh, connect their own systems to ours should be something that is relatively easy to do. But overall, the idea would never be to try to... And that we're constantly being asked, you know, how can we make one system that's interoperable across them all? Well, I think that's the holy grail that potentially we might never achieve. But we're very aware of that. And as we enter into this next phase where we're doing a lot of the data analytics research with our stakeholders, it's something that obviously we keep in the back of our minds to see how much we can address that with our blockchain going forward. So that sounds like we are trying to make it all as interoperable as we can. I am sure a lot of our stakeholders will be really happy to hear you say that, Julie. Last question for the both of you, and as always, a chance to dream big. What are your hopes for FSC to complete with this pilot if we think long-term, medium-term? Julie, I'll start with you. So I think in, in the short term, as we've mentioned already, a lot of this is about capturing the data. So the short term, my dream would be that we could offer the blockchain to more of our license holders and get a really large uptake in terms of the data input 
because without data, then the blockchain you know, won't work at all. The simplicity of its use is core to us as well, or key to us. We heard from our stakeholders that making it easy for them to use is one of the big things. They suffer a fatigue from multiple systems asking for multiple sets of information. So making ours as simple as it needs to be is one of the things in the short term. What about the medium term? So I think in the medium term, what we learned in, in the pilots was that there was value to our license holders almost immediately from the basic compliance checks that they were able to use. They felt that was of great use to them in terms of their market share, in terms of being able to demonstrate their compliance to their customers. So I think in the medium term, getting more data in and offering that value at that early stage would be a really important thing. We learned from our pilot users that submission of data wasn't a problem for them. They were open to putting their data in, including the information, as Michael touched on earlier, around legality and source. But we need to now, as we go forward, build a model that allows us to share that, but on a need-to-know basis, a principle of trust will need to exist so that companies are uh, assured that from the point of entry, the sovereignty of their data is acknowledged and will only be passed on when it's appropriate to do. So that's the big challenge for us in the, in the, the longer term. Michael, what about you? Short-term, medium-term dreams for this? My dream for the short-term is we keep the momentum in our current pilots, really continue to get data in, allow us to build some nice analytical tools out of that data, and at the same time, develop the next generation of our blockchain application so that it can really cater for all those things we talked about, but in the end, ensure that companies continue to feel secure in sharing their data and actually getting value out of it. And I guess medium term is that it can be very natural to onboard companies to start getting some of that value out of FSC blockchain. I think also, as Julie said, really getting something that allows for sharing of information. Our blockchain currently tells something to the companies that input their information about what transactions have been matched or not. But to make that data actionable for those companies. Can I share this with my legal authorities that need to know that those have the right legality documentation in place? Or can I share this information with my auditor when they come on site to show all of my verified materials accounting transactions for the year? There are so many opportunities to certified companies to be able to share this securely and appropriately. So I really hope to see that come out in the medium term as well. Thank you both for uh, taking the time to update me a bit on the blockchain pilot. I am sure that a lot of our listeners are really happy to hear this and that they're also looking very much forward to their chances to get heard and potentially get onboarded. Thank you both. Thank you. That's it. I hope I managed to ask all of the questions you might have on where we are in the blockchain, or at least most of them. As Michael said, we will be inviting for public webinars in the upcoming months to show and tell more about the pilot and our learnings. I, for one, hope that all of the hopes for the short and medium terms are realized and that we're not only building a tools that give compliance checks, but that we're also really able to support certificate holders with required elements of certification like volume material accounting and with legality information. 
If you want to get in touch with us or follow our work, I strongly encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovation and it's open for everyone. You can also always reach out to me on digitalinput at fsc.org. I am Laura Worm and this was Forest for the Future. 